Welcome to the Real Housewives podcast, where we talk about the glam and, of course, the gossip of Bravo's Real Housewives. This episode, we're addressing both Puppygate and Lobstergate from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and the Real Housewives of New York, or as DeGill says, Rebaugh. So I am DeBay, and of course, joining me is the podcast king, the king of podcasts, DeGill. Stop it. How smart could Dennis be? He's on drugs. He was on drugs. <gasps> that was the worst possible line of any season. She's all heart that moans, isn't she? Oh, my. You know what I think? I think Ramona has Asperger's. I think that she is on the spectrum. And I'm not just making a dig. I just, I feel like she knows how to operate by experience what is socially acceptable or not but otherwise she operates from a very self-preserving place and it is that that statement that she made about Dennis was so out of bounds and you know, she apologized for it but there's no excuse and I don't care if she was drinking there's no excuse as yeah. Sonia said yeah I don't know I don't care how catty you are that's just there's certain things that cross the line but you know it's funny when when you say the word Ramona when you say her name I, my, my eyes start to blink in rapid fire uncontrollably <laughs> like she does when she talks. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the weirdest thing ever with her. Uh, should we tell, can we tell our uh, Ramona story here as a brief aside? Can we do that? You so, tell it. So our dream was that we would always randomly be walking in New York City and the Upper East Side because that's how you sort of narrow it down. You know where these Real Housewives New York ladies live by and large. But Ramona lives on the Upper East Side. And there were clues throughout the seasons. And our dream was we would run into Ramona on a street. And this wasn't just a dream that we verbalized once. This was something that you, and by, by we, it's really your dream. It's not really my dream. Because <laughs> um, I, you know, not really front of center for me. Don't but, lie. But you the have the biggest crush on Ramones. <laughs> okay. So we, we, we said this maybe, I don't know, 10 times through the years. So we're in New York City on the Upper East Side. I want to say it was last summer, maybe? Last Correct. summer, right? Because, uh, yeah, no, certainly it was last summer because we come back from a run. And we're walking on, I want to say it was like 81st. It was a random street that we had just chosen to use to get somewhere. Uh, and you immediately, you before me, because you saw, you saw it first. You start going from zero to insanity in a split second because you spot Ramona walking her dog. Okay, but wait, let's explain to everyone what that looked like. I didn't go crazy. I kept it inside. I completely contained it. But I let you know that is Ramona Singer and she is walking right towards us. And you, I did wait, an immediate wait a minute. 180 and started walking mean? the other way. What do you mean you kept it inside? You like did you like were like an excited dog who did spins. You went, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then you ended up sitting on a random stoop. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Little, all my of a legs sudden, wouldn't work. It legs you look, I can't feel my legs. So you immediately, what should I do? What should I do? And I what did I say to you in that moment where you had about five to ten seconds to process any answer? I said, Tell her you love her. 
right? Because what else do you do? What else is going to Because you, you really wanted to say you love her. Don't say you're doing that. You're deflecting. Just that's <laughs> what I said. I was like, just tell her you love her. Now, Moans, as we like to call her, came down. It should be noted she was on her cell phone or at least was trying to give the impression she was on her cell phone. We don't know, of course, 100%. I believe you are correct. And what did you say to her? I told her I loved her. And what did she do? She just kept walking. <laughs> and that's our Ramona Singer story. Da-da! What a letdown after all those years. Oh, man. You know, it, it, it was such an odd feeling because you never imagine these things happening, right? You dream about it. And you think, one day I'm going to run into Ramona in New York City and... I don't know what I thought. We'll embrace. I'll I'll tell her I've been watching her for years. I, I, exchange maybe two or three words, but she didn't give me the time of day, and now I can't help but take it personally. Right? Isn't that terrible? That's how you your full lifelong impression of someone is that now. That's awful. I know. I know. But. I try and put myself in her shoes and imagine, well, you know, she's been on television for 11 years. She has loads of fans and I'm sure she gets approached all the time. And how might I feel if I were in that position and you can't possibly stop your day at every turn and talk to every fan, but the way that she did it was very Ramona. So she, (laughs) it's like, she's, she's, if you don't have something to bring to the table for her gain, then she really has no time for, for her, little people like me. For her gain is the correct phrase there because the, the last part of the story is that you were so soaked in, re, in regret and self-loathing afterwards that you started to retroactively give suggestions as to what we should have done. And the suggestions were something like, and I'm not making this up, something like <laughs> you should have completely like gotten right in front of her and like taken off your pants, like that kind of thing. <laughs> I just said to make out with her. Yeah, she to make out with loved her. Right. It. Yeah, you like you would have been okay with that. You're like, make out with her because then we can be friends. No, I just maybe a picture. I mean, you gotta take one for the team sometimes to go. Well, but I would have taken a picture of you two. I don't understand why, like you basically what you were using me as was was uh bait. Because we know Ramona, let's face it, Ramona is pretty much a horn dog, as we saw in this uh <laughs> season already when she had the swimming instructor. Like the swimming instructor is trying to like teach her how to swim. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. You're <laughs> cute. Oh, boy. I'm thinking a lot of things. <laughs> so if you know that's how she operates, then that is her currency. And you should have, as a good citizen, <laughs> offered yourself yeah. for the good of all of us Ramona fans. Offered myself. <laughs> Here it is, Ramona. Take it as long as you take a picture with the bay afterwards. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that was our Ramona story. So it really was, it was pretty underwhelming, but as far as the, uh, the show here, yeah, she shouldn't have said that. And, um, I don't know. You wanted to talk about lobster gate. What is your, what is your take on lobster gate? Um, yeah, I don't know. It, so it's, obviously it's not about the lobsters. It's never about the lobsters, but <laughs> ever. whereas Beverly Hills, it really is about, it centers around the puppy. Of course, it's not about the puppy again, but the, the puppy debacle is really what's, 
is the anchor for their the theme this season. But Lobster Gate to me is really just about, you know, now these women have to take sides. You know, either they're Team Luann or they're Team Dorinda and, you know, all under the guise of trying to get the women back together as friends. But these two women, I mean, Luann is so hurt as she should be. And she's been through a lot and she's being very vulnerable. I just, my personal opinion is that Dorinda is the most defensive person. Oh yeah, she's a nightmare. In the world. Yeah. Like you can't, and Bethany hit it on the nail. You can't win an argument with her because Dorinda's only um, objective is to win. It stemmed from her heckling Luann at her show last season. And it's carried on this whole time. And if she really does care about Luann and less about her own ego, then she would sit down with her and say, I felt hurt because you didn't invite John. And I, here I was supporting you the whole time, offering my connection with Giovanni. And yeah, I spoke out of turn and it was in poor taste. And I'm sorry. Like, that's all she has to say. She, she's incapable of that kind of very human being like discussion though right like that would be the rational thing what you just described a normal person would do that but she wouldn't by the way bethany it should be noted you can't win an argument with her either because if you do start to win the argument she starts to sob uncontrollably about some reason as to why she's behaving the way she is more or less great observation so true yeah so i know you're not a fashion guy but give me your take on what bethany was wearing to barbara's clam bake yeah it was like a silver curtain drape or whatever the heck um yeah, I don't. I, to me, that was the ultimate. We talk about this all the time. The ultimate try too hard there. Yeah. And, you know, so I have a personal. So there are things that I could have done with that look accessory wise that would have made that outfit better. Like I probably would have broken it up, all of that silver with like an OB belt and some and maybe made it like a high front, low back kind of number. But my theory about Bethany so far this season and her looks is that she is trying to one up Carol. I believe that her falling out with Carol affected her so much because she was really butthurt all last season that the friendship was going down the tubes. And then you could tell really what was bothering her because she kept throwing darts at Carol about things like, oh, all you care about are your, is your wardrobe and eyelashes and things like that. Whereas Bethany did, but, you know, Carol was really methodical about the looks that she would bring every single scene. And I think Bethany picked up on that and so now she's kind of doing a copycat thing. And so she's, like you said, it's, it was very try hard look and she definitely overcompensated. That is the last thing I would recommend to a client to wear to a daytime backyard clam bake. <laughs> she was off the mark. Right. Because what is not pictured on your screen is the humidity that exists in the Hamptons in the summertime. Although they were wearing jackets, so maybe it wasn't that humid. I shouldn't say that. Because um, it would have been doubly inappropriate if that were the case. I, I think you're dead on about Bethany, specifically the part about what I think really bothered her about the uh, the Carol thing is that Carol got the best of her. Carol got the best of her in terms of uh, public opinion. She based really on their, did. Yeah. And I think that ultimately, it's not that she lost the friendship, it's that Bethany got embarrassed. That's my theory anyway. And I, you know, 
let me just say this. Bethany did the, there was the whole, I thought this last show was a little strange because I thought it was like a mishmash of different things that were unconnected to each other. Right. There was the weird Sonia thing at the end. Then there was the Bethany charitable portion, you know, the uh, down in the Carolinas. I, I have to admit that nothing. I, I'm so not a fan of Bethany's. And I don't know if I speak for dudes when I say this. She particularly grates on me. It's it's probably why I gravitate towards Beverly Hills more than I do New York, because I, I can't find in, in the New York ladies relatability for me. And Bethany is the queen of that of that sentence but even when she goes and does wonderful things objectively wonderful things to help people i find myself in judgment of that so let me just let me just say that wait but you're not the only one yeah no i just i don't find it sincere is basically the story you want to acknowledge when people do things that are um you know bigger than than us and these relief efforts they're so commendable but there is that thing that sits in the pit of my stomach for me too when Bethany talks about it because um, I believe that her motivations are not completely altruistic. Right. That's, that's the feeling I'm, I, I can't shake, right? And again, you have to preface it by saying, hey, I'm not the one going and doing all these wonderful things, right? So, that's right. We're not executing on these yeah. things. She is. Right. So you feel kind of bad saying it, but I'd be lying to you if I told you I didn't have that feeling. I do. Oh, my gosh. Because, same, same. Yeah, because there's nothing in her history that suggests that this, this to me is all of a sudden uh, some sincere thing. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But it is a feeling that I have. It, you know, you brought up also, this is now, I'm, I'm going all over the place. Forgive me for, for bringing this up because I don't want to forget it. But you talked about uh, Lobster Gate versus Puppy Gate. Um. I consider myself about Puppygate on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, or as I like to call it, as you said, Robo. Um, I consider myself a fairly intelligent human being, fairly intelligent. I have probably watched the Puppygate situation on Beverly Hills more than three times, probably four or five times. And if I tried to write a new england journal of medicine level exhaustive account of that entire puppy gate i still have no idea if i know what i'm talking about you're I, not I, alone i have no idea who's wrong and who's not it, like it, the whole thing is confusing to me still i don't think the producers did a good job let me blame the producers i don't think they did a good job of truly explaining it properly or they're also effed up in their personal agendas against each other that the producers couldn't have done anything that it is just confusing and stupid i think it might be a combination of the latter plus they are trying to make things confusing on purpose so that at the Ooh. end the quote-unquote yeah. reveal is sort of presents as a bigger climax I, that could be. That's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty solid analysis. That could be very well what they're doing. Like, let's just sort of leave it mysterious, and then we'll do some big thing at the end. By yeah. the way, I've been, you're going to be very proud of me. I've been working on a uh, Dorit imitation, and I'd like to reveal it to you now. <laughs> okay, Lisa, you are obsessed with Dorit, and I just want to say, 
I think it is because of Dorit this season that I am less on RuPaul than I am on Roni. But any, please, Dorit, you have the floor. Lisa, Lisa, why are you leaving? Lisa, don't leave. I don't know why she talks like this. Like there's no. That was so good. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you. And so, how long have you been working on that? Oh, hours every day. Hours. (laughs) Uh, You know what? He's not lying because I heard him rehearse. (laughs) Lisa, there is no country of origin for that accent. It is an. It is a country of origin. No, it is an. Is an affectation of her own doing. And make it. it is it is and i don't know why you don't find it annoying i wouldn't do that but teddy said i she's not as innocent as she seems oh doritos god can Whoa. we get back to bethany though oh please i'm sorry yeah, go. just because you did um deviate a little bit sorry. but i it's okay. When we were talking about, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's some inauthenticity to Bethany's relief efforts and, and it, and it does not take away what, from what she's doing and thank God for people like her. And she should be applauded for her actually doing it. It is the, the, the most wonderful thing when humans help humans, if we can be of service, no matter what the motivation, it's not about what Bethany says, I think with her, it's more about what she doesn't say or things that she says cryptically. So when she's talking about, we learned that she and Dennis got engaged prior to his death. And, you know, the way she presented it, she was upset. And of course she's upset. She lost her best friend. I, I have complete compassion for that. But in that same testimonial, she was saying, you know, and I feel, I do feel bad. I feel bad that it kind of feels better so quickly. I'm just trying to do what he would want me to do. But we know already that she has a new man. And I think when they were, when they started to film shortly after Dennis's death, she she was strategically making inferences to it, saying things like that, like, oh, I, I, but I also feel guilty that, you know, it feels better so soon. And then she, at the clam bake, she references, yeah, so remember that guy we met? Yeah, he kept asking me out and I kept pushing him off. I kept pushing him off. I kept put, I mean, she was really, really honing in on that. She said, but then I'm, I'm going to go back. When I get back to the city on Tuesday, we're going to go out on a date. And I think that she's sort of laying the groundwork to introduce this new man because she knows it was a really quick turnaround. And again, this is my sort of admittedly not giving Bethany the benefit of the doubt at anything. I can't help but think uh, Dennis passing away after having proposed is this wonderful opportunity for Bethany to have this sob story when in fact she's known him for a minute and a half, you know? Well, she, she has known him as a friend for years, I think right. decades even. Right. But yeah, they, they didn't, well, you know, I think that they were on and off for years to be honest. Oh, maybe so then. Okay. But, but here's something else that I felt was maybe, and this is a total conspiracy theory. When she was feuding last season with Carol, she was, uh, 
I think just put, you know, just how Bethany poo-poos on everyone. And I think that she was saying something about uh, a Luann just rushing into marriage with Tom. She maybe even referenced like how desperate Tinsley was being um, in her relationship with Scott. But in Carol's testimony, she says, you know, Bethany is such a hypocrite. She was the one who went ring shopping. She took me ring shopping like weeks after her and Dennis started dating. So, you know, so I think that maybe her making sure in her testimonial, she says, Dennis proposed to me. He gave me a ring was another dig at Carol. Yeah, it holds no water. I don't know if that's true in any sense at all, but... Generally I, speaking, have, have you been have you liked the first stretch of this season, or are you a little underwhelmed by the first couple episodes? I'm still very interested. I don't have the same feeling as I did watching last season. Last season, I couldn't. I mean, I was literally counting down uh, until they aired. But oh, we're just in. We're we're on episode two, and. You know, I hope they bring it. I, I want more. Um, you know what's interesting? Do you like Barbara? You... Do you like her as a new character in this? Barbara the Builder? Barbara, Bob, Bob the Builder. You could, you could okay, but you guys all her. have to you... go check out our Instagram, The Real Housewives Podcast. I posted a picture of Barbara K against a picture of Wendy, Bob the Builder's girlfriend. And they are wearing the exact same outfit. And uh, the scene where Bethany gives Barbara a tour of her new Hamptons house. She is wearing exactly what Wendy from Bob the Builder wears. And she wasn't even on the job. (laughs) (laughs) It was not a work day. What, uh, what is the uh, Instagram for, uh, for the peoples? The real housewives podcast, the real housewives podcast. Uh, she's, she's like a, she's like a, uh, construction Leah Remini to me. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) She's like Leah that's, Remini's That's your comparison? You think she looks like Leah? Leah Remini's handy sister is what she is. <laughs> Leah and Barbara and Wendy. You could do such a number on her fashion-wise, though. Wouldn't you love? Like if you, so if you had one of those ladies to pick as your canvas, wouldn't it be her? It would, because she would make the greatest transformation. Barbara looks like she's more Jersey. She has, she does not make the best um, fashion decisions. And I know that she's got her. So it's all about silhouette guys. If you haven't heard me talk about this, we want to balance out your proportions. So she is very top heavy and I know she likes her top. She likes her girls and she likes showing them off, but we need to balance out the bottom half of her body because it just, it looks like she's going to topple over. But yeah, I like Barbara Kay. I like her, but I'm not sure. I was going to ask you, do you, I mean, clearly they're testing her and introducing her this season as a friend of the cast. Would you want to see her as a permanent housewife? I don't know. I'm always fascinated by the introduction of new characters to this show because I'm, I have my own personal internal, how desperate are they for stardom meter that goes on in my head while it's happening. So I'm like, is Barbara, how hard is she trying? And, you know, we talked about this going back to, uh, um the uh denise denise richards uh, husband to be like this dude is aching for stardom aching oh it's in his bones he is like how many scenes can i be in at least that's the impression i get um oh and by the way let me just say uh eight is infinity september 8th nine months uh 
uh, nine and eight is 17. One plus seven is eight. It all makes sense to me. <laughs> I don't know if it doesn't make any sense to you. That's your shortcoming because it makes sense to me. <laughs> it's the stupid, stupid. Even Denise Richards is like, holy shit, I'm marrying an asshole. Listen, she wanted to say that, but she didn't say that. <laughs> I am actually into numerology so uh, i get stop. it uh. i am i get it you know people i like i know a lot of people who will choose their wedding dates based on the, the actual date because of numerology and it's fine okay <laughs> so i just want to bring up a point of debate and you tell me where you stand on this Please. so i just asked you what you know what do you think about barbara k as maybe a permanent cast member on the real housewives of new york um and you know you seem a little lukewarm and i think generally that is the consensus she's all right versus, with me she's she's fine with me yeah versus, yeah I'm she's sorry. fine that's fine yeah. how about when we compare that to denise richards on RuPaul as the new cast member so the consensus generally overwhelmingly with Denise Richards is that people love her. They, they, and, and yeah. I know you do too. I do. And here's my theory. I know where I, before you even say it, I know where you're going, but let's hear it. Okay. You, okay. Mr. Prediction podcast King. What is it? It comes down to attractiveness of the people involved. Say that. You you're, win yeah. a date with Ramona. Yes. Excellent. Um, you're probably right. That's part of it, right? Uh, that's how we're wired. You, you, you've said that many times before, and you're right about that. It's how we're hardwired as human beings, even if we don't want to acknowledge it. But I will tell you that for me, uh, I hope I'm a little more involved in that. And it goes a little beyond that because I, I like Barbara Kay. I have no problem with Barbara Kay being on the show. I am for both of them and on their respective shows. So for me, it's really not about the attractiveness. For me, with Denise Richards, yes, uh, she'll always be Denise Richards. But Denise Richards is actually a pretty, uh, pretty uh, appealing person. She is very normal, if I may use that word, because most of these ladies on these shows, if I could just suggest not the normalness that I'm looking for in a young lady. Um, Denise Richards is very normal. She, um, you know, even when they were fighting Teddy and, and uh, Vanderpump and all that, she's like, wait, I'm lost. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Like relatable things like that. Um, and I will tell you, Denise Richards, where she also sort of like about her husband's numerology, like what the fuck. But the Denise Richards component that is getting, I don't know how much publicity it's getting, but sort of goes under the radar that kind of no matter what you think about Denise Richards, to me, it always comes down to this one point. She has a special needs kid. And it, I'll tell you this, she appears to be a doting mother, not only to her own biological children, but to this special needs child who she has taken in. Uh, and she loves as much as anything else, as her other children for sure, and anything else in the world. And right there, I'm willing to give Denise Richards every benefit of every doubt ever that might come up. That's just me. It's hard to argue with that. Absolutely true. The only thing I'm going to say in rebuttal is that so far what you've seen of Barbara Kay, she seems normal too. So yeah, I, but that's not a rebuttal. I, I, I like Barbara Kay too. I think Barbara Kay is normal. She might be the most normal person on that cast. All right. To go. Yeah, you like right. Barbara Kay too. I do. But if you had to choose between Barbara and Denise, 
Come on, who would you have chose? <laughs> well, I don't have to make that choice. I like them each for their own shows. Like if you, no, if no, you... you know what I mean. Like a little candle at dinner, a little. Uh, who are uh, you choosing? Well, I probably pick Denise over everybody on either of those shows. But see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I, here's the thing: what if you switched them? Like if you put Barbara Kay on Beverly Hills and Denise on New York? Like Denise could hang with New York, but Barbara Kay would be fish out of water in in Beverly Hills. I like them both. I don't, I don't think it's an either or. I don't think it's versus. I want I want to implore Barbara and all Barbara fans and Roni fans, if you could write into her, ask her to submit <laughs> to my services. I could take 10 years off of Barbara in about 15 pounds. 10 years and 15 pounds. Wow. Yeah. How, what's the time frame on that? In one makeover in a day. Oh, you should just buy the makeover. She would appear to have lost 15 Yeah, pounds. just with wardrobe and hair and makeup. I see. I see. I, I, I Listen, I know your work. I know you could. And people who think that you're uh, blowing smoke, I know you could do it. Yeah, it, it kind of, it's hard for me. That's the hard part for me. She seems like a, like you say, normal person. She seems like she's being as impartial as possible in that, in, in Lobster Gate. Um, but it's more difficult for me to resonate because she, I just feel like I, I see the potential in Barbara Kay is all I'm saying. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I think she's a good add on to the uh, look. They're smart who they add on. They know exactly what they're doing. Right. So Barbara Kay, they've thought about, well, what will she add to this cast? And, you know, she's sort of at this point through a couple episodes, she's sort of a mediator more than anything. Um. Oh, and by the way, don't take lobsters home from a clam bake or a clams bag. Don't do that. It's just awful. Awful. <laughs> just so that's like the, no shame, no class, no shame. It's ridiculous. Hey, can I tell my uh, my story for other reality show fans who watch Vanderpump Rules? Yes, sir. I, have a, I had a personal. Oh, you have encounter. a Vanderpump Rules story? I do a tangential Vanderpump Rules story. I have a I have a little um, comparison with Vanderpump Rules too. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I was asked to be on Patrick Maher's radio show last week. You know Patrick Maher, right? Oh, I do. I know you do. We talked about <laughs> you for about five minutes of the interview. It wasn't an interview. We were just having a story. So Patrick Maher, who is Stasi, what's Stasi's last name? Schroeder. Stasi Schroeder's ex-boyfriend, Patrick Maher, has a uh, sports radio show on Mad Dog Radio called The Rap. And he was kind enough to invite me on his show uh, turns out he has listened to my podcast for many, many years, uh, and he had me on there, and we had a great time on his show. And for five minutes, you know, he told me, oh, my God, I've been listening to your podcast for all these years. And I go, oh, I've got one better for you. My girlfriend loves you. That's what I said <laughs> to him. And so for five Which, minutes. Do I this, really? Yeah, yeah. At least I went with it that you do. <laughs> and so for five minutes, now he got a little scared because he thought I was going to bring up, he thought I was going to bring up how you were aware of him. And I think that I sensed that he didn't want me to explain that it was because you watched Vanderpump Rules and he had this ex-girlfriend. He doesn't want to talk about that on his radio show. He's not interested in doing that. But I have to tell you now, you're the person who watches Vanderpump Rules and you have an opinion of him and stuff. But in real life, he could not have been any nicer. Could not have been any nicer. So shout out to Patrick Maher and... <laughs> F all y'all who don't like him, because that's my dude. 
Well, you know, we only have to go by the few episodes that he appeared on Vanderpump Rules, and it is not a fair reflection. I know that. When we're we're talking about the Real Housewives, however, you know, for Roni especially, we're talking about 11 years, 11 seasons of seeing most of these ladies. And so you have a good sense that Ramona would be a biatch to me on the streets of New York City. Right. (laughs) Yes. You could have predicted that, I guess. What was your Vanderpump story? You said you had a Vanderpump story? No. Okay. So now we're back to Rebo. And um, I I just made a comparison in my head about uh, Raquel, James Kennedy's girlfriend. Um, James Kennedy is the the DJ on uh, Vanderpump Rules. He's one of the cast. So Raquel, for those of you who don't know, Raquel is a very doting, dutiful girlfriend to James Kennedy. And she kind of has this doe-eyed look about her. Um, And that is who Camille from Raboch reminds me of. Camille is just the older version of Raquel from Vanderpump Rules. They both are... They both come off naive, maybe even a little vapid. But honestly, I think that they're both just optimistic people and they're not used to using their tongues as verbal weapons, especially against like the crew of catty women that they are surrounded by. And so in this episode of Rebuch, Camille just connecting the dots about how manipulative LVP has been including to herself to Camille over the years and and so now is sort of seeing the light and and you know siding against LVP and saying listen she's done this to me before where she has made me her puppet she has used me to be her mouthpiece to throw other women under the bus wow so, yeah yeah it's I mean that's the whole thing about puppy gate too right you can't get to really the bottom of it you can't figure out what the truth is if the truth is though uh, both with Camille in the past and with this now, if the truth is that Lisa Vanderpump is highly skilled in using people to be the bad guy for her, for lack of a better explanation, then that is some next level shit right there. Like who in your life do you know who, who is that skillful, who does that kind of thing? Like Great that's word. amazing. It is a skill. It's a deceptive skill, but it is a skill nonetheless. And I think that her very good friend, Kyle, knows this about LVP. But Kyle is just, she's not cruel enough to call her out straight. Hopefully we'll get a conclusion about where everyone stands and why very soon. Because TBH, Puppygate is exhausting it's tiresome (laughs) it's tiresome it is it's totally tiresome like all right like because if you step back from puppy gate you're like all right like does anybody really think dorit is this horrific puppy you know like she cares not about puppies like like anybody in their right mind would think this of her like okay maybe we're we're past that though like so now it's just i i just feel like there's too many scenes of teddy speaking with way too much conviction she has zero chill and i just want to say to her teddy the truth shall set you free but just you know the way that she she's like i never lie 
you will never hear me lie. I am an honest person. <laughs> like It's just too overcompensatory and uh, I'm bored. You know, you do want a uh, you do want a more engaging scandal, if you will, or conflict. This one sort of has run its course, I think. And I wonder if they milk the whole season out of it. I'm afraid they will, but I know you are a fan and you will watch. Oh, I mean, how could I not? You're watching for Dorit in bikinis. (laughs) She is so interesting with that voice. Uh, Lisa Vanderpump with hers as well, obviously, right? With the, uh, oh, guilty by omission, wouldn't you say? Okay, I have a question about... um, expats so when you have relocated to another area where the accent is completely different it's the same language so like lisa vanderpump from england to america for i believe let's just say at least 20 plus years do you think that your accent fades or do you think that she retains her accent on purpose. It's a good question. It's a good question. I think you're you're right to hit on that there is perhaps a choice in it. I think there's perhaps a choice in it. You could acclimate. Uh, although it really does depend what, what how old you are also, right? If you're of a certain age, I don't think you're going to acclimate as rapidly or as willingly as you would Uh, or as naturally as you would if you were younger, right? If you come somewhere when you're three years old, obviously there's nothing involved in a change. You will become that country. If you're 17 years old, you may very well uh, change. But if you're 37 years old, maybe that ship has sailed. I don't expect Uh, for LVP to have completely lost her British accent. All I'm saying is her British accent is still native. Yes, it seems to get more pronounced. That's right. It's, uh, oh. Oh yes, Dorit. Wouldn't you think? Yes, it's guilty part, by yeah. guilty by omission. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I think she's built it into her persona, and it just makes her seem as hoity-toity as she wants to feel. Yeah, no, for for sure. Um, but that's part of her. Uh, that helps, right? If she was Lisa Vanderpump and spoke like you and I do, she wouldn't nearly be as. <laughs> That's fascinating to us, probably. It's very true. Very true. Yeah. Maybe I should start adopting it. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to start speaking with a South African accent. Yes. Yes. That's all I can say. Uh, okay. Do you know what I noticed? Is that when we do review um, Roni, even we never really talk much about Tinsley. We never much talk about Erica. Uh, I had to even think who Erica was for a second right there. Thank you. Point proven. Yeah. Yeah. And do you know why? (laughs) Do I know why? Yeah. Um, You tell me why. (laughs) If you insist. Okay. I think so. I love Erica. I think that she's very bold with her fashion and I respect that. But she doesn't. I, I feel she's incapable of be, being vulnerable. So she doesn't allow herself to go deep. She definitely doesn't show it to us. Um, it's really, it's surely why she married who she married. You know, she married a man who not 
not just that he's decades older than her, but that there, she wasn't like head over heels in love with him. You know, she didn't marry him because she couldn't live without him. He's the love of her life. I mean, she married him because it, he was someone stable who could provide for her. She, she was very young. She was poor. And um, this really was a way out for her. And she respected him very much. And I'm sure to a certain extent, they have a successful marriage. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're not connected in that way where you can only be if you are open hearted and vulnerable with each other. And so this is how she operates in friendships also. And um, it's why we don't get to see very much of her. And it just doesn't allow for resonance or connection and um that's why she is to me forgettable other than her fashions and i would say in the case of tinsley it's more a crime of neutrality right she's just she's kind of in the middle she's not controversial uh, she's probably a very normal person um and so uh just isn't isn't the scandalous person you expect for shows like that um, you know who i want to see as a new housewife Dabney. Dabney Mercer. Dabney and Tinsley. Mostly because of her name. I've never met a Dabney before. I think it's so unique. Maybe it's not, but I've never heard of it. Her name alone makes me curious. And I just feel like, I think that Dabney, I am so mean on this episode. I just, (laughs) I feel like, but there are reasons why I have these theories, but it appears that Dabney is the Maybe Dabney got the brains. I, do you know what I'm saying? Hmm. Interesting. Do you do you do, do do you get my drift, or do I need to be more descriptive about her role in that family? Maybe Dabney got the. What do you mean? No, explain. <laughs> maybe Dabney got the brains. So maybe Tinsley was like the Cinderella. Maybe T- Tinsley is the pretty sister. I see. Okay. Generally, it is a truth that um, if you don't have your looks to rely on, and if you're, if that is not what is reinforced to you growing up, because you are attractive, and that's what people notice about you, and they validate that for you, you don't necessarily have to, nor maybe you're just not given the space to develop a really well-rounded personality. Huh. So if, da- if that was Tinsley's role in the family growing up, and then there's Dabney, maybe Dabney has a fantastic personality, and that's what I would love to see on Roni. That, that's an interesting theory. Um, I don't know enough about her to, to really comment, but that, that would be interesting. I know you're, nothing you're... about her except for her name. I just <laughs> I want to know someone. I want to know about someone who's named Dabney. Okay. Dabney Coleman, by the way, famous actor. Oh, really? A male actor, though. Oh. A guy. Yeah. Okay. Dabney Coleman. But yeah, no, a girl named, well, I mean, I've never heard of a girl named Tinsley either, right? True. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I think in the end, what I would like to say is that I think I'm more engaged in Beverly Hills currently, if I may be honest. But I am, I am hoping that New York sort of picks up, um, because based on the, the trailer of what's coming up on the season, good Lord, they go at each other. They do. Yeah. We see yeah. some girl-on-girl girl action, too. 
Could have loved that. We'll see. But if it doesn't pick up DeGill, yeah. at least you have not much longer of a wait for yes. 90 Day Fiance. So if you guys have been following us since our 90 Day podcast debut, um, we have our say about that. <laughs> our podcast is called 90 Day Have Your Say. It's out on iTunes and everywhere else that you listen to your podcast, but they have some spinoffs. So 90 Day Fiance, What Now? It airs April the 15th. So not too much longer of a wait, and we'll be podcasting on that. Um, 90 Day Have Your Say. And then at the end of the month, April 28th, is 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After. That's right. We have some yes. big things coming up. There's another spinoff, too, that I think that I am most excited about. I'm not sure of the launch date, but it's 90 Day Fiance the Other Way. <laughs> and, and what is that again? That is where the American goes abroad to then marry and probably relocate there. Wow. So your girl, Darcy Silva is going across the pond, maybe fiancé it up with Tom Brooks, my friend, on Instagram. Oh, wow. That should be, that should be very interesting. If no, one, no one in the history of 90 Day um, do you enjoy more than Darcy, correct? Well, it was really the dynamic between Darcy and Jesse, but because he's such a character and she, Anyway, I did, we digress yeah, because we, I just no, I just want to say you murder Jesse on Instagram. Congratulations to you. You do a number on him. All deserved, by the way. So easy. He's so easy. Low hanging fruit, the kids say. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, right. Dorit, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. We hope you liked our mashup of Roni and Rabo. And <laughs> next week we might parse it out, but if you like it, let us know. Please subscribe so we know that you're with us and check out our Instagram account. It is the real, no, it's not. It's Real Housewives Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at I am Debay. Well, uh, September is, uh, September 8th is uh, the ninth month, uh, the eighth day. Uh, 980 to 17, 1 plus 7 is 8. Thank you and stuff. <laughs> Bye.